I would like to extend deep thanks to everyone who's choosing to listen to the Sustainable Principles. It was written for people like me who really wanted to contribute in a positive way to making the planet a better place, but weren't sure where to start. Before enumerating the principles, I'd like to state the following. Edenfinity is not affiliated with any religious group or movement, and Edenfinity is not affiliated with any political group or movement. I'd also like to offer my thanks to the following people whose work contributed directly to these principles. Christopher Alexander, who's the author of A Pattern Language, A Timeless Way of Building, The Nature of Order, and My Old Professor. Principles number four and five directly relate to his work, while his influence can be felt in all of them. Gimer Shi, who's the author of The Seven Mysteries of Life. What a fantastic book. What a mind. His concepts greatly influence principle number two. Dr. Robert Anthony, who's the author of Deliberate Creation. Such a deep yet easy read. His work influenced principle number two as well. Thomas Jefferson, the author of the Declaration of Independence for the United States of America. Principle number six, my life and my freedom owe him an immeasurable debt of gratitude. Principle one, sustainable is defined as that which will contribute to the establishment and continuance of a symbiotic, re regenerative, and indefinitely sustainable relationship between our species and our home planet. Green and sustainable are commonly used interchangeably as catch-all adjectives that describe a rather broad range of ideas, practices, products, and services. While green for our purposes remains somewhat nebulous, sustainable has a far more specific meaning in relation to how we live on this planet. Sustainability is very easy to understand. It is rooted in our survival instinct. It is our ability as a species to survive and thrive indefinitely on this planet. Sustainability is not about saving this planet. What a complete fantasy. This planet can manage just fine without us saving her. If I saw humanity coming around the corner looking like it wanted to save me, I would turn around and run top speed. Sustainability is about saving ourselves from ourselves. We disobey the cardinal rule of nature, which is not to poop in your own nest. With 7.8 billion of us pooping away, we have made a terrible, terrible mess. As such, sustainability is a species-wide challenge to modify our behavior such that for all cities and regions on our planet, the sum of their activities maintain or enhance the ecological balance of a given region. A system like this does not deplete the resources of a given region over time. It carefully calibrates human activity with resource availability and maintenance of native flora and fauna so that the human activities can sustain themselves indefinitely over time. Principle 2. Our world is a living being inhabiting a universe of living energy. Many of us can intuit this reality now far more than in past decades. This is thanks in large part to our modern physicists, whose work has slowly and steadily trickled into our common consciousness. So many of the ideas that most of us used to assume to be true, materialism, the dumb and dead vacuum of space, and object-based reality, have long since been eclipsed by far more interesting discoveries in astrophysics and quantum mechanics. Here's some highlights. The underlying substrate of the universe is anything but a vacuum. 
It is a living conscious energy field within which the point of consciousness each one of us is experiences the streaming holographic multi-sensory sensations we call life. This life energy field is at once a container for life and life itself. The objects, plants, animals, and people that we see only exist for us as energetic potential until our act of, of observation changes them into vibrating concentrations of energy that our minds interpret as discrete objects. The deeper reality, though, is that we are observing one field, one matrix, one big bowl of energy soup of which we are an intrinsic part. We ourselves are vibrating concentrations of energy within and a part of this field. If we liken ourselves to a theater, we are both the projector and the audience. Our reaction to what we experience in this field, i.e. our emotional state, is directly related to our vibratory state. We project holographic thought forms whose content is dependent on our vibratory level and both the screen and your vibratory level react and adjust to each other. This is life. Quantum physics has shown that what we experience as a continuum is actually a strobing series of thought forms morphing slightly every moment. Perhaps the most important characteristic of the universe for our purposes is flow. The motion of the universe is the means by which we experience time and events. As a result of universal flow, everything in the universe is in a constant state of flux, either growing or decaying. How sustainable a given energy concentration or system is will be determined not just by static structural characteristics, but by how energy flows through it. This is not a fantasy or joke. This is the reality you were born into. You live in a wonderful place, and you have the power to sculpt this place to your taste. One caveat, though. With power comes responsibility. Principle 3. The primary characteristics of sustainability are environmental harmony, environmental efficiency, and environmental quality. From the root drive of survival and the need to develop a positive relationship with our environment, we can extrapolate three characteristics of true sustainability. Environmental harmony, environmental efficiency, and environmental quality. These aspects are fundamental qualities of vital living systems, which interweave and overlap with each other. Let's take a deep dive into each one of these. Environmental harmony may best be described as developing a symbiotic relationship with all of our bioregions and the planet as a whole. Every bioregion on the planet is a unique system whose environment is formed by a delicate interplay of landform, climate, animals, and plants. In an ideal symbiotic relationship, plants and animals are adapted to the given landscape and climate and form an interdependent food chain which creates a sustainable energetic balance over time. In almost every instance, the presence of modern cities has severely disrupted the host bioregion. Resource depletion, pollution, and climate change are just some of the adverse effects that cities have on our planet's biomes. In most cases, the basic resource utilization systems we have developed are not in harmony with nature and thus are not sustainable over time. The inevitable result is obvious. If we continue to relate to our environment in our current manner, 
our resources will eventually be depleted, and the planet will be polluted beyond the point of her being able to sustain our civilization at its current size and level of development. Environmental harmony entails a commitment to scientifically studying the natural systems of each watershed and bioregion, determining a comfortable maximum human population a given bioregion can support, and then redesigning our resource systems to complement those of nature. Nature rewards efficiency. When our resource utilization is in harmony with natural processes, we are relying on the earth to provide us with abundance. The price of this abundance is the responsibility of using these resources as efficiently as possible. This means that we must extract only the amount of a given resource, as will not cause the resource to be depleted over time. This applies particularly to organic sources. Mineral sources, which are mined, will inevitably be depleted in any given region. As such, there must be a comprehensive plan in place to reuse and recycle the products produced by these materials to the greatest extent possible. It is our responsibility to extract, process, and use our energy, water, and food with maximum efficiency. An abundant lifestyle is not in conflict with an efficient system, but a wasteful one is. Harmonious and efficient systems may be sustainable, but environmental quality is what makes it truly worth sustaining. If environments that we live in are not pleasing to the eye and if they do not support happy, healthy lives, what is the point of being harmonious and efficient? Any sustainable strategy must be the one that puts quality of life ahead of everything. All too often, the myth is repeated that being eco-friendly is about sacrificing convenience and money to save the planet. Unfortunately, ideas like this are passed along by many well-meaning environmentalists who often focus only on efficiency, mainly because it's the easiest sell in a materialistic society that is organized around a fight for artificially limited resources. It may sound foreign and unrealistic to most of us who have struggled and worked all our lives to survive, but real-life quality for everyone on this planet is attainable. The technological and natural resources are here. We just have to implement them intelligently and equitably. Principle 4. A sustainable community is a vital living system. When a community is in harmony with its environment, when it is using its resources efficiently, and when its members are enjoying abundant, happy lives, this community can be said to be a vital living system. While we all exist within the same energy field, which is conscious and alive everywhere, there are varying degrees of vitality at different locations. The phenomenon of degrees of vitality is a more profound idea than merely organic life versus inanimate objects. Everything exhibits some level of vitality, including inorganic objects, and this level of vitality is reflected in the relative beauty and order of a given object or entity. The degree of vitality shares a strong congruence with the degree of sustainability. Contrast can help us understand the concept. Think of a healthy rainforest, a pristine desert, or even a beautiful, well-planted neighborhood. When we experience these spaces, we sense the vitality, and we are drawn to it, just as we are repelled by places like the enormous dump that has accumulated in the middle of the Pacific Ocean. 
While it is not always easy to determine the specific characteristics that differentiate living and disease systems, we all instinctively recognize both. Principle 5. Sustainable forms derive from sustainable, structure-preserving processes. While it is important to understand the characteristics of sustainability, in order to evolve our communities, we must understand the processes that create sustainability. These processes are as varied as life, but they may all be described as structure-preserving transformations. Our first instinct is in confronting challenges is often to focus on fixing what is not working, or even blowing everything up and starting from scratch. The quickest and surest path to sustainability, though, is to assess our systems to determine what is working, and then employing our resources to these elements to enhance them. Even the most corrupt, stench-filled system has some elements that work. When the desired incremental positive change has been achieved, we simply repeat the process, assess what is working, then deploy assets to enhance what is working. Sustainable change is structure-preserving, not disruptive. It is evolution, not revolution. Principle 6. The rights of life, sustenance, and freedom of expression are inherent to all humans. With these rights comes the responsibility of contribution to the nurturing of these rights for all. The first part of this principle has been stated in similar ways many times, and I will simply assume these truths to be self-evident. The same thing can be said about the second part, which is just a natural consequence of the golden rule. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. We have all heard this many times, and somehow we have all managed to forget it at many times in our lives. This principle is indispensable to sustainability. Principle 7. No community can achieve true sustainability at the expense of another community. In our current consumer paradigm, we are driven by artificially induced scarcity to work, buy, and consume endlessly just to survive. For most of the people on this planet, time given to producing life quality is a luxury that cannot be afforded while basic survival is on the line. This reality is increasingly apparent, not just in developing countries, but in the more developed first world countries as well. The bell is slowly beginning to toll for the eroded middle class of our prosperous nations, and we are starting to have a tiny taste of the pressure and struggle that billions face every day in places like Monrovia, Lagos, Colombo, and Sao Paulo. Our consumerist culture is dependent on market first world countries that live in relative comfort being provided raw materials and goods by supplier third world countries. The system is propped up by rigged elections, assassinations, brutal repression of organized labor, and the might of the most powerful military the world has ever seen spread over hundreds of bases worldwide. When one group of people step on the neck of another, an imbalance is created and the pressure to rebalance grows until there is either system correction or system failure. Imbalances such as these are inherently unsustainable. True environmental quality in one part of the system cannot come at the expense of another part of the system. As long as we have governments and corporate systems that leave vast chunks of the population stuck in generational poverty and squalor, we do not have sustainability. Principle 8. 
Sustainable communities dynamically balance the interests of the commons with the interests of the individual. Most of us have experienced one or more economic crashes in our lifetime. Over the last four decades, the quality of life for most Americans has degraded significantly. Many point to this as an inevitable consequence of the death of rapacious capitalism. Proponents of social programs see our best chance of emerging whole from the growing crisis as replacing capitalism with socialism, while proponents of capitalism continue to defend the laissez-faire system. Both arguments suffer under the faulty belief that capitalism and socialism are two wholly different systems. In fact, they are not standalone economic systems, but rather dynamics within every human community, derived directly from two characteristics inherent within all humans self-interest and cooperation. Capitalism is just self-interest in action, while socialism is the direct manifestation of the common good drive within all of us. Every human community has elements of both of these characteristics. Both are absolutely necessary in a sustainable community, and neither will ever go away as long as people are people. Both can be extremely destructive in excess and a healthy, sustainable society must continually balance these forces through assessment and adjustment. Principle 9. There is no such thing as waste. There is no waste in a sustainable paradigm, period. Every byproduct stream that we currently bury or burn or dump into the ocean must be integrated back into our life-sustaining systems through reuse and recycling. Principle 10. Sustainability over time is dependent on efficient and sustainable resource flow. Principles such as harmony, efficiency, and life quality are high-minded goals, but to understand sustainability in practice, we have to track how our communities obtain, use, and dispose of resources. A resource flow chart showing all resource inputs and outputs to a given community system is a means of graphically modeling these functions and is extremely useful in seeing how sustainable principles can be applied over time. Principle 11. Sustainable communities proceed from dependence to independence and ultimately to interdependence. Dependence is a healthy condition during the establishment period of any community or organism. We were all dependent on parents or guardians in our infancy and childhood, not just for food and a home, but also for our worldview. This unidirectional flow of energy is necessary for protection and growth, but at some point must give way to independence or inevitably sink into codependence. An independent community is one that is self-reliant and autonomous. It can grow its own food, build its own houses, and generate its own energy. Like dependence, independence is a healthy condition in its proper time, but can eventually lead to isolation if the next stage of development is not achieved. Interdependence is the ideal end state for a community. Interdependent components within any system are ultimately self-reliant, but do create limited dependencies with other communities for mutual benefit, taking advantage of the synergies available through combining with other communities to form larger organizations. Every stage of development has pitfalls, including interdependence, but this last stage is essential for any community to achieve sustainability. 
Principle 12. Compassion and service are the only lasting foundations of community. The fundamental importance of compassion to our human community has been stated by many, many people throughout history. To wit, love and compassion are necessities, not luxuries. Without them, humanity cannot survive. The 14th Dalai Lama. A human being is a part of the whole, called by us universe, a part limited in time and space. He experiences himself, his thoughts, and feeling as something separated from the rest, a kind of optical delusion of his consciousness. This delusion is a kind of prison for us, restricting us to our personal desires and to affection for a few persons nearest to us. Our task must be to free ourselves from this prison by widening our circle of compassion to embrace all living creatures and the whole of nature and its beauty. Albert Einstein True compassion is more than flinging a coin to a beggar. It comes to see that an edifice which produces beggars needs restructuring. Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. When I give food to the poor, they call me a saint. When I ask why the poor have no food, they call me a communist. Dom Helder Camera. If a free society cannot help the many who are poor, it cannot save the few who are rich. John Fitzgerald Kennedy. Nothing living should ever be treated with contempt. Whatever it is that lives, a man, a tree, or a bird, should be touched gently, because the time is short. Civilization is another word for respect for life. Elizabeth Gouge. The universal field in which we find ourselves is recursive. What we project into it is ultimately what will be reflected back to us. If our goal is inner and outer equanimity, the ideal emotion to project out into the universe is compassion. Compassion is simply unconditional love. It is based on a deep knowing of the oneness of all things and the nature of that which binds us. To exhibit the heart of compassion is to look in the face of your friends and enemies alike and see yourself reflected back. The eyes of compassion originate in the heart and do not judge, but see the humanness of everyone. Nothing is sustainable without compassion, yet how many constitutions mention it? Our civilization is centered in our heads and has little use for compassion. Countries continue to struggle, fight, and pass into history without realizing that compassion is the only foundation that lasts. Ultimately, principles are only useful if they are put into practice. The process of developing these principles has expanded my understanding of the world far beyond what I thought possible. It was also my prime motivation in starting in infinity and setting the high goals that Eat Infinity has. Thank you again for listening. Until next time, this is Miller.